0: And welcome to the Kajabi Edge Podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you an edge on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience. And today we're joined by Quinn Win, founder of Pink and Posey, the Posey Box, and co-founder of Paper Talk Podcast. How is it going today, Quinn? Doing good. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Should I be nervous that we have another like official podcast? I mean, we've had other podcasters on here before, but like, like I guess I gotta <laughs> I've done my game up. We've got an, an actual podcaster.
1: I appreciate that. It's always a learn learning curve. And I think it's so fun to be able to talk to other podcasters because you, we always learn a lot more and it's always fun to talk to another podcaster.
0: Of course, of course. Well, uh, in traditional podcast, Kajabi Edge podcast flow, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, you and kind of like what it is you do in your elevator, elevator pitch form.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I'm actually a paper artist and my form is I make paper flowers out of crepe paper. And it was so funny. I was actually on the Ellen show a few weeks ago and the host of Tiffany Haddish had me on, she asked me what I did. I said I was a paper artist. And she was like, what is that? So I just know that there's still a lot more people out there that do not know what I do. And it is a growing niche. It's definitely a niche, which is wonderful. But we have such an amazing community of people underneath this particular niche. And it's been really fun doing a podcast focused on the paper art and talking to other paper artists that go through the paper flower journey, talking about how they got their book, how they started on their journey. It's been really amazing and fun. So a lot of reflection on my part view on how I started my journey and how it compares to everyone else because everyone's everyone's story is completely different.
0: Yes, I'm glad you and glad you mentioned that because that was kind of the first thing that came to mind too. Like when I got on your website and checked it out, like at first, like when you hear paper artist, like may, maybe I'm just a knucklehead. I don't know, but I was like, oh, what's, "What's a paper artist?" Uh, you know. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but like Ed, for every anyone listening, obviously this is an audio podcast. So like you need to go check this out to like really understand how cool this is. Like there's some really cool. Stuff I've actually got it open in front of me. Like some of these, I don't know. Maybe you're just really good at photography too, and you should also be <laughs> doing that. But like, <laughs> these things look look real. Like, and they're thank you so much. Really I appreciate cool. That. <laughs> And I assume it's that's, really that's also behind you too, right? Like you've got some yeah. paper. Yeah. And sorry, I cut you off. It's It's been really fun.
1: I know. It's been really fun because it, I never knew I was an artist until I started making paper flowers. I'm more of a logistic person. I love learning. And I think this just kind of fell into my wheelhouse by magic because I was actually planning a wedding for one of my brides and she wanted to do paper flowers and I had no idea what it was. I did origami um, at the beginning. And so I first fell into paper flowers with cardstock and I quickly started doing my research because I'm a researcher and I found crepe paper and when I started it was about eight years ago when I started there was not a lot of crepe paper in the United States and as over the years we've gotten more and more paper artists cropping up and more importers bringing in German and Italian crepe paper into the United States. It's been really amazing developing relationship with all these different vendors because I've been able to get to know the owners of the Italian crepe paper Carnitecto Rossi over in Italy and have them sponsor our workshop And we've done international workshops now too, which is absolutely amazing. And to be able to meet amazing students all over the world and see where they are now, like when we first met them, they just started. Now they have their own books. They teach other students. They've worked with huge international brands. It's been really incredible. Paper flower is an incredible form where you can... The flowers, they don't die. And you can make them any size that you want from larger than life to miniature little pieces to realistic sizes. And I... Been able to work with like, um, Joe Malone with them teaching and also doing some, um, displays for them, uh, friends chocolate over in Seattle. I did a couple displays for them too. And a lot of stores around Seattle because it's such a great medium to actually do art that lasts and changes a little bit over time because unfortunately some of the papers, um, are not UV protected. And so it will age over time and susceptible, of course, to water and to sun. So it's something that you have to think about when you do this. But it actually, if you think about that in mind, as you're creating, you can actually watch your flower kind of wilt over the years, which is
0: kind of fun. Yeah. All the things that real flowers, like paper flowers do not, it sounds like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said something, like, there's some really like interesting things there. First thing I, I heard is like, when you said, I didn't do, I'd never done this before. And I started doing this and I had this moment to where I'm going, man, you're saying there's a chance. Maybe I could, maybe I'm an artist. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Definitely hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And then there's also just the, like the, the fact that they do outside of, you know, UV and if you mm-hmm. rip them, tear them, whatever, they do kind of last yeah. forever, which for someone like me who probably has a brown thumb or whatever, whatever kills plants. Like exactly. I I've killed a cactus.
1: Like, <laughs> that is really hard to do. It is.
0: Well, I, we won't go into that story. Someone knocked it out my window. It was the one plant I kept alive and then it accidentally fell out and destroyed oh, itself. But, do it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, like this is this is really cool. So I guess I'd like to um, even just zone in a little bit on like more to you you did this for a wedding. Like, where did where did this come from? Like, in terms of the idea of this actually becoming a business, like, was it just so successful at the wedding that you're like, I got to do this full time? Where were you at, I guess, prior to this?
1: I did a corporate event planning. And on the side, I kind of did for fun weddings for friends and family and just word of mouth. And it kind of just started from there and progressed it. We were really lucky. We had hired an amazing photographer who took amazing photos. And then it just kind of slowly spread by wild flower. And within under a year, I was getting a lot of different jobs for it. And I was researching and trying to find out what is going on with this. What is this paper flower thing? And why is it gaining such momentum? Whereas, you know, when you're doing event planning, you see all these different vendors that the request of people ordering handmade things were really, really interesting. It just made something inside of me just really like excited. And I just love how, you know, when you do paper flowers, you can stay true to the paper. But at the same time, as you're progressing as an artist, you explore the different mediums, the coloring medium. Ha- what happens when you wet the paper? Does it get destroyed? Does the color changes? Can you apply other mediums on top of it? And how can you pull other types of crafty, like sewing, um, watercolor, acrylic, things like that? It was just really fun that I dabbled a little bit here and there, but it never really called to me until paper flowers. And it's just been, and I always had a love with flowers. I wanted to be a master gardener. So that was deeply ingrained with me. Flowers, I just it just made people happy and to be able to gift them a, a lifelong flower. It just, it's just wonderful, filling on both
0: sides. Yes. I accidentally did that for my wife one day on Valentine's Day. I ordered her what I thought to be real roses. Turned out they were fake ones, but good news, they're still alive. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in terms of like, uh, like the how this actually uh, turned into a business, it sounds like the demand like for, for doing this increased. Like, when did you, like, did you ever get into the point where you're like, you're just making paper flowers full time or like what? led you to believe that like like I I think I should teach people about this. Like where did that transition come in?
1: Yeah, it was a natural transition. So within the year, I pretty much was doing it full time. And I think the learning curve for a lot of people, which artists, they don't understand the, the science of math of how to price things for themselves. It's a very difficult thing for artists to understand and to value what they're offering to their clients. And I think that's really, really important. And there is, you know, a learning curve as you put things out and you make it, you're like, oh my gosh, I really should have charged more and it's the realization that you know you can charge more but you have to understand how you present yourself to the client and also what value can you bring to the client that they kind of vaguely understand and you should know i think that's the really important part of being able to value yourself and to value the products that you sell to your client and to be able to make money because if you don't price it right and don't understand the other lining costs of not just the material because in reality paper flowers they really don't cost that much to make it's your labor and if you think about water Colors or painters, they value the art much, much higher. They use pretty much, you know, colors, paint, canvas. Um, our medium is a little bit different. But I think to understand that part and to understand and to change the concept of your customers also is really, really important. And to make sure that when you do create something, it is more of an art than just a craft item. And that's a really difficult part to make students understand that, you know, or people artists to understand that it is your what you're creating is valuable. You just need to find the right clients or the customers to you the same thing as you.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about like how that, excuse me, how that, how that happened for you. So I would say the
1: transition really happened when there's so many different pieces that kind of happened all at one time for me to transition from being an artist to a teacher to a podcaster. It's kind of in some ways very magical where things just happen and you have to be looking at the right places to make it happen. So to back up a little bit. So when I first started out, I was making the paper flowers, but I'm also a very good note worker. So I'm constantly going to different... um, Because at the beginning, I thought I want to do more weddings. It was the thing that started my paper art career. And I pursue it because you know weddings are a one-time big event where people are willing to pay a little bit more. And so I thought that was the medium that I should go to. And I still do an occasional bouquets here and there, but I've definitely moved away from it as I kind of of transpired to a different type of paper artist. Instead of doing one-to-one with customers, um, I did dabble into brick and mortar where I created kits that were physical kits that people could buy at the store, take home, follow a booklet. And then I transformed that into online video because I understood understood that it takes more than just reading a book and following pictures. There's a lot of behind the scenes that they can't really see what cupping is. I mean, you can explain cupping so many different ways, that there's so many different interpretations of it. Having a video documentation of it has been really amazing for people that really understand how to do a cupping, which is really interesting because you take a piece of paper and with your fingers you kind of indent or, and suddenly your paper instead of being a flat piece of paper becomes a three-dimensional eight petal Like so that's been really interesting journey to have that progress and then from there i would say people started asking me to teach and i was like it was a natural because i love talking to people it was just really natural for me to like move on to that phase and of course covid happened and then how do you transform from being in person to being on virtual and luckily i had already set up i was on with Kajabi at that point and doing tutorials, online tutorials. And we were also creating a mentorship so we can coach other paper artists to actually grow their business. So that's been really amazing to have it be so readily and available to change with what was happening in the real world.
0: So you had the foresight, like prior to the pandemic to take this online. Like, what was it that you saw in the marketplace? Like, why did you go and actually turn this into a course? Is it just your natural teacher intuitions or or, (laughs) like what what brought that to into play?
1: So that was really interesting. I saw a niche that our because the paper flower world was so brand new. I actually started Kajabi with a subscription. So I would actually send out paper flower boxes, but only supplies because supplies were so hard to get. And so I would send the supplies out, but I didn't put any tutorials, but I did artist interviews on there. And then from that point, people started saying, hey, we would love to have paper flower tutorial. I did have some already that was already um, written as Step by step, but then as it progressed, it was and with the smartphones being better and better in video capabilities, I was able to you know change with the times and be able to record it and meet the demands of my students and to my subscribers. And so, and I also was starting to edit all the videos. And I'm a pretty much like YouTube University. I try to learn everything as much as I can. Talk to other people, and I learned how to edit videos in Adobe. Um, you know, Lightroom, Adobe Photoshop, all the Adobe stuff that I started to get really familiar with it. And it was a natural thing to like, oh, if we're doing videos, might as well do audio. And so I started doing podcasts. And we, at the same time, we're doing masterclass. Um, we started one in Seattle, Washington. And then the, that was in the spring, in the fall, we ended up doing another workshop in Toronto, Canada. And that was really amazing to be able to meet people from all over the world and be able to help them become better artists. So, yeah.
0: All right. Yeah, this is, this is so interesting because it's like, I feel like there's never... Never a situation to where a niche doesn't exist someplace. Like you were a wedding and events, and then like out of that came something. Like uh, just out of curiosity, were you? Did you already do like artwork on the side, or like did this? No,
1: <laughs> no, nothing whatsoever. I'm more of an analytical, logistic. Love being behind the scenes, planning everything out. I'm a really good planner. I love just drilling down on the details and being in front of people. That was a different thing. I'm used to it, but I'm not in that particular way. Again, I've never thought I was an artist that could make something so beautiful as I
0: do now well if that isn't inspiring I don't know what is um but let's uh let's kind of jump into like maybe the slightly less inspiring challenges <laughs> and the the struggles uh, i I can't imagine I know you mentioned magic a lot and like a lot of this probably seemed that way but like I love the like the the phrase when opera op- luck is the definition of luck is when opportunity meets preparation and so like undoubtedly uh that was there as well you had you'd been preparing and setting up for this moment so So let's kind of just talk about like, as you started this journey, moving online, started sharing, teaching, um, like what were some of the initial struggles of getting up and running?
1: I would say learning how to code was really an interesting thing. I've never, I'm not as much of a computer person. I can do apps and things like that in the front end, but in the back end, that was a whole nother thing. And I think the one magical thing about Kajabi for me is if you can imagine or think of the outcome, Kajabi can make it happen, but you have to do a little bit of, coding. You either hire somebody or you search online, Google the heck out of it, and then you make it work. And I think with my resource of you know doing all my research and just planning things out, I knew there were things that I had to have in place. And to be able to... I mean, time is always a thing. You either do a lot of the behind the scene or you're in the front trying to sell things. And to find that balance was really, really interesting. I think Kajabi really helped me on creating a beautiful storefront and a beautiful product that I didn't have to... Once I built it, I can pretty much just clone it and just replicate it with different paper flower tutorials.
0: Okay. Well, I think you just pointed out what may be a future course coming, uh, which is a coding course. Uh, If you can pull this one off, then maybe you'll be (laughs) teaching us how to code later. (laughs) <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess that like let's zone in even a little bit more on that that process of getting setting set up. Like did you start was it was it because of your offline audience that you were able to um like I guess start drawing in a crowd to your teachings? I know you, you mentioned people were asking about it. Like how did you kinda get your how'd you get your first customer, I guess, like paying customer?
1: It was all referrals. I've never paid for a Facebook ad. I still have not today. It's all been word of mouth and I've been and I'm very fortunate. I've been interviewed by my local TV station a few times on different, um, local stations. And that has given, and they have replayed it a lot. And every time I see it, I see my numbers jump up with inquiries and things like that. But just the part where I'm a very good networker, I'm putting myself out there with a wedding community, the business community and being able to make a really good reputation of that. If I say I deliver something, I deliver something on time and it's beautiful and they can count on me to make it happen. And I think that reputation has really came around to my town, Seattle, but I also do a lot of other jobs in, you know, in Los Angeles. I do a lot of um, displays down there too. And so the West Coast, I would, I hope to say that people know me down there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I noticed on your website, you also have like an LA workshop. I'm guessing that you listen
1: in person. Yes, it is in person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: So yeah, you, you are, yeah, you're known down the entire West Coast.
1: Yes. (laughs) And then another thing that has kind of crept out from doing all this work with Kajabi is I've actually been doing a lot of Kajabi consultant with other in- industry. Um, so the fresh flower is kind of close to the paper flower because we both love flowers. So, and there's a lot of online resources and videos. And I've been able to help other floors actually create their own online courses and di- navigate through Kajabi. And I'm also helping other people in the sugar art world too. So that's been really
0: interesting too. Amazing. Sugar art. Is yeah. that? like what they turn sugar into glass or so it's
1: more like um for wedding cakes or oh. special cakes they make um flowers out of gum paste or wafer papers or um sugar and so it's really really it's a different medium but you know it boils down to flowers
0: <laughs> wow i mean it shows you what i know i, I just eat the stuff so <laughs> yeah, that's the best part <laughs> yes well uh, take us a little bit more like i guess like let's zone in a little bit more on like some of the uh, like you have your audience you mentioned you got some good exposure. Um, you're able to build it. Like, let's talk about you. Maybe you're just your first launch. Uh, like, what was? Uh, not everyone does a launch, so I don't know why I said that. But like,
1: <laughs> whatever <Yeah. laughs> your like
0: kind of go to market strategy was, um, can we can we talk about that a little?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I would say my first launch, I was actually from Squarespace. That was the base that I had started the subscription, but it wasn't as robust. And I started looking around. I did dabble into Teachable. That Teachable platform was not as robust. And it wasn't as pretty. I mean, it was very cookie cutter. And I felt with Kajabi, it was a lot more robust. If you knew a little bit about, you know, HTML coding, you could really change things up so it looks more original. And it, you could actually do way, way more. And I love that Kajabi has the built-in pipelines, the different website. Every, everything is housed underneath. You don't have to pay for anything extra. And I think that really helped because one of the things that I love is if you have something, learn to use it as the best you can before you go buy another product. Because you never know what you have on hand unless you explore it and use it to the best possible ability that it can do. And so with my first launch, um, once I transferred over to Kajabi, it was actually really interesting because I had something to mail out and a lot of people, they use Kajabi as something to be an online course. You really don't have to. I love the fact that when you set up an offer in Kajabi, you can actually attach it to nothing. You can attach it and tag things and set things up. Maybe you want to give them a free um, tutorial. You can actually do that without referencing to you know the original offer it's almost like a a bump up offer which
0: is fantastic we call them ghost offers
1: (laughs) yes exactly and so i besides you know selling you know digital things i can sell physical things and for one of my clients i actually set up their csa so csa is a community supported agriculture and so they have a flower farm so they're able to sell flower subscription without an online product so it's and but the reason why we had that set up because they also have shopify too is because of the email reminders which is really incredible. I know a lot of people poo-poo on the, the email because they don't. it's not as robust, but it's great for what it does. And so we've been able to implement that, get those set up and sequence out. And it's all done by triggers, which is really amazing. I feel like a lot of people haven't really explored Kajabi in depth as possible because Kajabi can offer so much. I know I am talking about how great it is. But I've been with Kajabi for like almost three years now. And it's every year. I love the fact that you're improving constantly. And there's always so something like, Oh my gosh. And it's like... Especially Especially when you drop the podcast. I have to say the podcast at the very beginning was very wonky, it's Still a little wonky right now, but we're willing to because we know that you're going to improve it. And so um, we're sticking with it. And I pretty much have everything coming out of Gajabi: my emails, my podcast, my online course, my deliverables. It's been really, really
0: amazing. Well, isn't it awesome when you can do it all in one place and not have to go 50 different places and try to plug exactly. those things together? Yeah,
1: exactly. And I have to mention the integrations that you can actually put into Gajabi is really Really great with Zapier as the medium to zap everything over from left to right. It's been really amazing.
0: <laughs> Very nice. Well, um, just thinking back on that first launch, um, like let's talk a little bit about like kind of the expectations that you had, and like what were the actual outcomes? Uh, just in, in whatever form like, form of success and the way you measured it. Like it's not always like dollars. It's not always numbers. Like like I guess maybe start with like what does success look like to you, and then how did that ultimately play out?
1: Yeah. So I would say I was limited by... Because I'm a one-person show. I knew I can only do so many things on my plate. And I was like, if I could sell a 100 of my posy box, that would be a win. I can believe it. I sold a 100 box within less than a week, which is unbelievable. It was a brand new product. I knew there was a need. And so to be able to say that, okay, if I can make this many and order this many supplies, then I got it made. And so it's just been... And it does take time to put together a pretty description box. It's just not like you throw everything in. You have to like research the different items. You have to research like and package it. And you also have to meet the shipping standard. Over the years, the shipping has definitely increased. And what's one thing that as I evaluated all the different things, I actually let it go because it took a lot of overhead. I mean, I'm I'm stocking everything in my house. I just didn't have room to be able to stock things six months down the road with all the different supplies. And with COVID, imports became a big problem. And so I was a decision before, I would say the early part of COVID, I was like, you know what? I don't think I have the manpower to be able to package everything. So I actually ended letting it go. And then I I don't know why, but I always had the foresight to do things before things started to kind of downfall. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad that I did that because <laughs> the imports that I had would not have been made in time. I would have failed my customers. And so understanding what the market is fluctuating is so important as an entrepreneur, especially if you're doing physical things and anticipating what people need or don't need is also really, really important.
0: Yeah. Yes. Well, we need some of that foresight. We, we probably should be consulting with you every once in a while for you to tell us what the market market is doing. Um. The, yeah. So I guess uh, that. It's incredible. First of all, I have no conception of what like making a hundred boxes uh, it looks like. I imagine it's a lot of work. <laughs> um, let's like kind of be, even zoom in a little bit more on, I guess, uh, kind of your uh, transitions, maybe not the right word, but like you're, you're just like your whole digital entrepreneurship um, venture of teaching. Like, can we like, like I guess, zone in on like where that start, not where that started, but like where you started seeing some success in this space.
1: Mm-hmm. That is a really interesting questions because not only do I teach how to make paper flowers I also you know make paper flowers to give to people and I also teach people how to run their paper flower business or creative business and so we have a product called paper to profit which is pretty much the ABC on how you actually start your business from naming your business to setting it up as, uh, in your business with the government um, how to do taxes how to market how to do email listing it's almost like a little bible book and it's pretty intense um, there's canva document Documents in there that you can create your own business proposals and wedding proposals to send to your clients. It has pretty much everything that I wish I had when I first started because it kind of gives you the playbook on things you need to look out for, invoices, how to deal with customer complaints. So it's been really interesting how Joby has been able to let us be as deep as we wanted to or just do a video on how to make a Dahlia. So that's been really, really interesting how to balance what you need with how much you need or how little you need it and how much email you should be spamming your your clients with you know updates on what you have. And I do love the fact that you do have a great newsletter format that you can be you can sequence about. I think one of the key things of being an entrepreneur is batch working. If you can batch work and do all your video editing in one day, all your social media creation on another day, it just goes so much smoother than doing a little bit here, a little bit there. And it's just because you're driven so much by all these different things. Pulling your emails is calling you, people are calling you, meetings left and right. So yeah, it's been really interesting to see how that has shaped what I do on a daily basis. And I like the fact that Kajabi makes it really easy that everything is in-house under one roof, under one login.
0: Yeah. And I guess for anyone listening to this, like I wish that sounds really intense, like the coverage of your course, like going over business and taxes and all of that. Like, like I wish more of this existed for more industries because like I think business idea, business opportunity there. If you've been in a business, show people how to do it. There are a lot of other people who want to know how to do the things that you're doing. And like, I mean, I don't like paper flowers is not what I ever would have thought. Like I, 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 I just would have never <laughs> thought that there would be like a huge industry around it. But the point being is like, you've managed to find a niche that works for you. Um, and you actually have an audience of people who want to do the same thing. So I imagine that opportunity exists in so many areas, even outside of paper.
1: I, yeah, I 100% agree with you on that. I mean, if you love it, I mean, if you're passionate about something thing, you'll know other people are passionate along with you. You just got to find the right people. And if you're an expert in what it is and you present yourself in a proper way that people can trust you and see you succeed in success, they want to learn from you. And I think that's a great opportunity to like pivot your business a little bit more.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, uh, tell us a little bit more about, um, you, I guess the podcast uh, I'm really interested. <laughs> is this a <laughs> video or audio podcast? First of all, cause I'm trying to imagine like learning this over audio. Um,
1: Yeah. So it is an audio uh, podcast. And what we do is we talk about the softer side of paper flowers. And so what we do is we showcase our people in our paper flower industry and people that has affected us in growing to be a better paper artist from vendors that create all the different products that we have to artists and talking about their journey. Because I feel like a lot of people, when we're creating things as creatives, it's a very much an alone job. You're by yourself at your craft table, creating things. You don't get to chance to connect with other people. And of course, in the past two years with COVID, you haven't been able to go out and really network and talk to other people. And I feel like that has brought a lot of, you know, our paper artist friends a little bit closer and to understand what's been happening behind the scenes and to get some more insight because I know a lot of our people our folks in our industry, they are all about how do I, how do I get a book published? So we get artists in and they're talking about how to get their books published to talking about how do you work with vendors on collaborations. And it's just really amazing. And everybody's story is so different. And I love that the podcast realm can really offer that opportunity for other people to understand where people are coming from and why they're doing what they're doing. And this particular season, we're, our focus is all about the why. Why Why did you produce a book? Why are you making paper flowers? And it's been really fun just listening to people why and to understand where they're coming from.
0: What, is, what has been some of the most surprising like like why's behind this?
1: I think one of the most surprising whys, but it's not surprising, but really heartfelt is we actually have a couple artist friends that are actually, they started paper flowers because of autism. Their kids had autism and because they had to work from home to take care of their child. And they found that crepe paper makes this really amazing. If you like ASMR, it makes this really amazing. I can't even describe it. The sound of the paper cutting into the paper, the paper Stretching as you're moving it about, um, the way that you, the paper moves, because it's not just a flat piece of paper. It, and it's not your traditional streamer crepe where it's very flimsy. These crepe paper has a built in strongness to it that you don't expect. And it, and it holds that petal shape when you're cutting it into a petal shape. It holds its shape. It's bendable. It's twistable. Um, it takes on colors really well. It leaches out really well. It's really an amazing medium that changes. And if you can think it, you can make it happen which is really,
0: really fun. <laughs> oh man, that is, that's a, that's an incredible challenge too. Cause I can think of a lot of things that would be pretty cool to make, but like, to be honest, like flowers are actually very complex. So I guess if you can make a flower, you're probably right. You can make just about anything. <laughs> I can barely do the, yeah. like the hot dog and hamburger style fold. So I don't know if I can ever make a. <laughs> I don't know if I can make a flower, but I guess I, I, I'd love to know, like kind of now that you, you've established uh, you know, you're kind of establishing the space. It sounds like you're the, the industry leader <laughs> in all things. Uh, all things paper, I guess. Uh, I mean, I don't know, like in terms of terms of numbers and stuff like like what, what what are some of like the success metrics that you're you've looked at? What was the process of working your way towards them? And like maybe like a little bit on where you're at now. Like, do you feel like you're the, the you, you mentioned you're on Ellen? I can't imagine like you get much. <laughs> like, what's what's after that? Like, I, I'm, I'm sad we followed this up here. <laughs>
1: What's up next? So my, I just, this is so funny. We were just talking to a PR agent this morning on figuring out how to pitch a TV show. So we're trying to figure out what is the next step for our paper flower community is how do we shine more light in community? How, and she was asking us, why do you want to do this? And I, my, one of my main goals ever since from the very beginning is to share and connect other paper artists and to actually grow our industry in a much bigger way. Selfishly, if we grow more people, that means I get, more supplies and better imports to come in because there was going to be a bigger demand and I think that's my biggest thing is like being able to connect with other people in like-minded ways and to grow and um, even work as an artist and connect with people
0: amazing like that that's funny I love I love the little selfish plug like I actually you, you're like I get to get more paper so I can make more stuff <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's cool I uh, like is this like it's interesting because like uh, the way you stumbled onto this like I wouldn't have thought of it as like your passion but like like has the has a passion I don't even know why I'm asking this because I can hear it I can hear it in your voice a passion <laughs> has developed for yes,
1: this 100% <laughs> It is really, really fun. I mean, I if I ever get a chance, I would love to show you how to make a paper flower because I feel like there's so many ways that you can fall in love with it because it's just, it can be straightforward. And it's really amazing. I did a workshop one time in Woodenville, which is kind of like our wine country in Washington State, where it was for Mother's Day. And there were guys there and it was surprising. Some of the guys actually made better paper flowers than their wives or, or their daughters. It was just really, really fun to say, oh my gosh, I never knew I'd create something so beautiful. And it was just, it was really, Really, really fun to talk to these guys and to see why they came along because they brought it as a gift for their wife or their mom or whatever, and they ended up tagging
0: along and
1: making, you know, these dainty little roses with us.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, well, back on to like kind of the passion topic. I I what what really stands out to me is like I know there's a lot of like conversation, or maybe conversation's not the right, just like this this idea that like following your passion for work, and which what's interesting to me about your story is like I don't think it maybe if we asked you a year before you started down this venture, like you probably wouldn't have said what your when I asked you, what's your passion? You probably wouldn't have said paper flower making. Or, um... Exactly. <laughs>
1: Trying to figure out like how this passion evolved. I think um connecting with people has always been a big factor, talking to other paper artists and hearing their passion and being able to speak the same language and to connect with someone because you know we can talk paper flowers and it's just you know you connect with each other with no idea what their background is or what their race or nationality. It's just connecting because you love making paper flowers. It's just the most brilliant thing in the world for me.
0: Um, just out of curiosity, how long did it take for that passion to develop for you?
1: I would say almost right away, I was like, what is this? Why do I like making this? And it's just so fun to see like, you know, a, a flat piece of paper. Suddenly, you know, an hour later is transformed to this beautiful flower. And I think the really important thing when people first start is whatever is beautiful in your eye, that's the most important thing. Don't judge yourself against other paper flowers who's been probably been doing it for years down the road. And it's something we talk to our students quite a bit. It's like, as long as you're happy and it brings you joy, accept it. And one thing with me is like, I will make the flower and it looks perfect to what I am. But as soon as I move on to the next flower and I look back to that flower, I just made minutes ago, it's like, I can see all the flaws and I was like, oh, I should improve this. I should improve that. But really when I'm at that moment and I see the finished flower, that is the most happiest moment for me to see that I made this.
0: Well, this is, a, it's really cool. Like kind of just almost not controversial, but like... <laughs> Like upstream advice, like where you're you're going against the flow, and that's maybe like allowing your allowing yourself to become passionate about the things mm-hmm. that ultimately like are are moving your business forward for you. This yeah. was just additive to what your business was, and it developed mm-hmm. a passion. Yeah, so
1: I think it also hits all the marks for me: um, being creative, but also being analytical and being able to be very logical about certain things because there are stuff things you need to make happen. You know, um, the nitty gritty of doing the email to let all your followers. Followers know that you're releasing a new tutorial or letting them know what's going on to creating that tutorial, doing that step-by-step. Not everyone is a good teacher, but you can learn to be a good teacher over time as long as you follow a process. And as you go through it, make sure that you're allowed to make changes and to elevate and to evolve your teaching because take the input of all your students like, oh, you should have done that a little bit better. And you have to reevaluate yourself constantly and you have to put yourself on the light and to say, okay, I did that poorly. How can I make it so it's better next? time. And it's something that I always strive for and to do is constantly evolving. If I can edit a video a little bit better than how I did it before or add something new, that makes me happy. As long as I know it and no one else, I mean, they'll see the result a little bit, but for me to know it, that makes all the world for me. I think having the self-confidence to say that is also really important too. And you'll hear a lot of naysayers when you're putting art in the world. Some people won't love it. As long as you're happy and proud of what you made, I think that's a really
0: important thing. Well, there is course idea number three. After you complete your coding course, you can do a co- course on teaching. Um, not that you need any more ideas. Um, well, <laughs> tell us a little bit about like, I guess, what's next on the horizon for you? Maybe even the near term for anyone who's interested in like learning about you. Like, first of all, people have to check this out because you got to see this stuff. Like it's like, see, you got to see at least the pictures of this stuff to like really get a true appreciation for how cool it is. You've already conquered Ellen. You've got TV coming. Um, I guess bring us back down to earth. What's what's coming up?
1: <laughs> (laughs) so I'm really excited so Kajabi reach out to me and because the month of May is actually Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month and we are actually doing a collaboration and a giveaway together so I will be putting together um, a tutorial on how to make a coral charm peony I will actually be sending you out an already finished coral charm peony you'll get my tutorial online within Kajabi and I'm also going to send you a physical kit with um, the step-by-step booklet and all the materials that you'll need to make the coral charm peony
0: absolutely amazing. I I wish I'm probably ineligible to win this. So like, I'm just gonna have to watch (laughs) from the sidelines um, and think about working on my like making sure my paper airplane art um, (laughs) levels up a bit. (laughs) <laughs> very exciting Thank you so much. well for anyone who's interested in learning more about this and kind of just checking you out as well where's the best place to send them
1: um send them to my website www.pinkamposi.com you can actually see the posy box there's a link there and you can also listen to my podcast paper talk podcast so of course you can listen on spotify on apple and check out my instagram you can see all my latest work on instagram at pinkamposi
0: yes all the same channels the kajabi edge podcast is available on um i'm sure uh, just like like us you love those podcast reviews as well so just a reminder if you're listening and you also listen to the pink and posy podcast or is that the is that the right name pink and posy podcast Uh, paper talk podcast. paper talk podcast if you're listening to the paper talk podcast leave a review we'd love it too uh look forward to continuing to work with you on this promotion i'm excited to see how this goes for asian american pacific islander heritage month uh that's all we have for everyone today uh look forward to seeing everyone next week on the kajabi edge podcast